Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad here with you. Live in the Starkville studios. The Starkville, uh, it's not opulent enough. What can I, what can I call it? The, the, the Starkville, uh, I don't know. I'll think about that. Rhino down there in Studio X. That's plenty opulent down there in Jackson. He'll make sure everything goes smoothly for us uh, this evening. He is the hidden talent behind the show. Don't ever let anybody tell you that I'm doing anything uh, worthwhile here. we got a great show lined up. Huge news from Ross Dellinger on the conference realignments uh, uh, schedule. So we've got to. T- no, we're not going to talk about that at all. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Richard and Borky, their eyes must have lit up. They're like, "Oh, it's Christmas Day! Conference realignment news." <sighs> not me. Let's talk some football. We will talk a little uh, media days, though, because uh, this time a week ago we were in Nashville, Tennessee uh, at SEC Media Days. Um, you know, we were a day removed from Mississippi State's turn around the uh, the concourse, if you will. And <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I felt like Mississippi State did a good job of delivering its message. Now, it wasn't enough. You know, we we couldn't convert anybody. Still picked last in the SEC, which I, you know, if you've been listening to this show, if you've been listening to the Thunder and Lightning podcast, if you listen to Sports Talk Mississippi, we you you had plenty of warning that that was coming. You should not have been caught off guard by that last place prediction. You should have been like, well, they, Brian and the guys, they told me it was going to happen, and we did, we did. Um, and I thought that they, you know, they were like these little flashes of respect. We're going, we're going deep into like the Sopranos, the Godfather, Goodfellas here. We're going to go a little mafia here. We're talking about respect. Those that want respect, give respect. I thought Will Rogers getting named third team uh, all SEC was a sign of respect. You know, I thought it was interesting that he was tied. He was co third team quarterback with Joe Milton. Two completely different guys, right? Milton is all about potential. If you're voting for Joe Milton on your all-SEC team, and just to clear something up, I had somebody tweet at me. We don't, the media does not vote for a third team anything on the all-SEC ballot. With you, you vote for basically two teams, and then they kind of tabulate the votes and figure out the third team. So I had two votes at quarterback. You vote for a first team and a second team guy. Who's your pick one? Who's pick two? My first pick was KJ Jefferson. My second pick was Jaden Daniels. Didn't have Rodgers on my ballot. But enough people did that he was the third team quarterback, but he's tied with Milton, who is all potential, all hope. Now he's got a ton of talent, but we'll see. And then Rodgers is kind of the opposite. The guy that everybody's like, well, he doesn't have the most skills, but he's a winner and he completes a ton of passes and he's sets a bunch of records. They're totally different football players. I thought that was a very interesting, uh, 
coincidence, I guess you could say. But then you see things like Tulu Griffin not being the first team return guy. The guy's the best return guy in the country. I'll just come out and tell you that. If you're listening and you're a college football media person, you're like, who's the best kickoff return man in the country? It's Tulu Griffin. Look no further. He's the guy. I actually had two MSU, for for return specialists, I voted two MSU guys. I voted Tulu Griffin first, and I voted uh, Xavier Thomas second team. And I, I, I would stand by that. I think they're the best two return guys in the country. No, no question in my mind. But I thought Arnett and I thought Rodgers especially, you know, because that's the face of your program there. That's your quarterback. I mean, right now, one of the faces of the SEC. We've talked about it several times on on, on several different shows that the star power kind of lacking this year in the SEC. And you think back a few years ago and on all the first-rounders, this year's a lot of potential first-rounders. I know when we get to April that when they have the NFL draft, there'll be a lot of SEC guys taken, but you just don't know them right this second. You're still figuring all that out. And and also I think it should be said that a lot of the, the... the two biggest names, two biggest stars in the SEC right now are sophomores. So they won't be NFL guys this year. And whether or not this pains you to hear, I'm sorry, but it's my opinion, Quinshawn Judkins is one of those guys. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's Harold Perkins. But they're both true sophomores. They're not going anywhere this year. They'll be back next season. But I thought Arnett was good. You know, I, if I were him, I, the only thing I would change, and I, I don't, I should have mentioned this to him. I wish I had. I don't know if he would have taken my advice or not, but I would have gone straight Leach up there, been like, "I'm pulling a coach Leach here. No opening statement. Let's go." Maybe he made an opening statement though, but so be it. I would, I would have done a little tribute there, and also I would, I, I, I actually got to talk to Greg Sankey uh, for a moment on uh, in Nashville, and I'll, I'll say it again here. I thought his. Uh, his going the week without a tie as a tribute to Coach Leach was fantastic. But that was a really, really genuine and uh, and heartfelt move. Because I know Greg Sankey, and I know him, I feel like I know him well enough. I'm not saying we're friends or anything, but I know enough about the guy to know that he was not comfortable not having a tie on. That's one of the most buttoned-up, straight-laced guys you'll ever meet. He had to feel out of his element not wearing a tie. So I thought that was really nice of him. Um... And so now, you know, it's it's springboard time. We got this week here where nothing really going on. And get a job, Brian. Hey, I'm doing my job, Jason. Jason, I'm doing my job. Come on. I'm not a bum. Uh I totally lost my train of thought there. Talking about uh, Rodgers and Arnett. I, I thought that Arnett, did, like I said, I thought they did a fantastic job. And Rodgers, when he sat down with us, you, you can tell that he's a lot, he's very confident. I felt the confidence coming off of him. He was cracking some one liners. He took, he had a funny shot at Joe Milton, which he, you know, he said, I'm just kidding. But somebody asked him about Joe Milton. He's like, yeah, he's almost got as strong an arm as me. I thought that was funny. Uh, some kid asked him for an autograph, and he said, the kid asked him, are you the SEC's all-time leading passer? And Rodgers looked at him and was like, not yet, but it's coming. It's coming. So I I like seeing that from Will because I've thought Will, especially under Leach, it was a lot of Will Rogers would open his mouth and Mike Leach's voice would come out. You got a lot of coach speak. You got a lot of, you know, if you asked Will about records, he would tell you win-loss record was all he really cared about. He he got into a little detail about what being the all-time leading passer in the conference would mean to him, and and what being a system quarterback would mean to him. If you have if you missed these interviews, by the way, they are available, obviously in podcast form 
on the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, but also on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the Super Talk YouTube channel, a lot of a lot of great content there, especially from last week from Media Days. Basically, every interview we did is right there. You can go back and watch it, including all of the ones we did with uh, with the MSU uh, representation with Woody Marks and with Jaden Crumedy as well. So now we're here. You know, uh, this week not a lot going on, kind of quiet, kind of the quiet before the storm, and then next week, I believe, a week from tomorrow. Now, y'all don't hold me to that if I'm wrong. Because I don't know the calendar like the back of my hand. I haven't gotten my email update from Mississippi State telling me what to do and where to be. But I'm pretty sure Thursday they report and there's practice on Friday. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. And then it's about, you know, we get to talk about what's going on at practice and we get to talk about some position battles and we'll talk to Arnett and Matt Brock and Kevin Barbe and the rest of those guys. And then we're going to blink our eyes, and it's going to be Labor Day weekend, and it's going to be time to talk about some games. It's going to be talking to talk about football. We're here. Yeah. We made it. It's got just got a little further down the road. I mean, some NFL teams started camp today, including the New Orleans Saints. The road to 17 or no starts there. And Is it 17? Well, you know, I guess it'd be 20, wouldn't it? So, Not much going on this week. It's from the 601, kind of the way it's been in baseball for the last six weeks, but I'm staying optimistic. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm at a loss on baseball, man. I feel like somebody should have pulled the trigger on some, some kind of commitment by now. We're just all kind of waiting. We're all, we're all just everybody's refreshing Twitter and refreshing message boards, trying to find out what's going on there. I have no information to give there, so I won't, I won't even delve into it. I'll just report it when it happens. How about that? Um, but yeah, football is 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 here, and then you know we are really, really about to be in it. And I'm interested to see what Arnett's first camp looks like. I, I still feel like, and this is something I I, I talked to him about that you know, the idea of Mike Leach is gone, but Mike Leach and the and the things he stood for, and the things that he that he cherished about a football team being hard nosed, tough. Disciplined, those remain at Mississippi State. That's that's Arnett's kind of message there, and so we'll get to camp, and you know, Leach Beach will still be out there. There'll be guys still trudging through the sand when they're uh, when they've got a you know. Although you know, don't don't tell PJ Fleck that. Apparently, don't tell the Minnesota players that there might be some conditioning involved with a little disciplinary action. Here, that's bad for you. All right, uh, when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about something I'm talking about on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, but I wanted to bring it here, and that's this. Have we not been talking about Mississippi State's defense enough? I don't think we have, so let's do that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Righto. How do you feel about pie? 
pretty, pretty big fan of it. Do you like coconut cream pie? Like coconut? I mean, it's not my favorite, but I'm definitely not opposed to it. Yeah. On the way home from Nashville last week, I stopped at the famous Loveless Cafe. And got a, after after lunch, I had a piece of uh, coconut cream pie. Ooh. That was the best piece of pie I've ever had in my life. I mean, I'm willing to put it at the top. I'm still thinking about it six days later. I'm still thinking like <laughs> it, it might be it might be worth a four hour drive to get another piece of pie. I would call ahead because I think they change out the pies like every day to be sure they had coconut cream. But man, it was incredible. I'm I'm still I'm still jonesing for it. I told I told the waitress I was like if I didn't have a four hour drive home, if I lived within an hour of this place, I would buy a whole pie and take it home, and then my diet would just be over. But I don't care because I have the pie. So if you're in the Nashville area, delicious pie at uh, the Loveless Cafe. You should check it out. Thunder and lightning here on Super Talk uh, Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. That's Rhino down there in Studio X. So. Tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, our main topic is going to be this, and I, I wanted to bring it here. I wanted to get some of y'all's thoughts. You can hit me up on the uh, on the text line, 601-879-4395. We have spent so much of this offseason talking about Will Rogers, Kevin Barbe, new offense, leaving the air raid behind, running the football, and we've talked about it. Ad nauseum isn't the right word because it's, it's, a, it's a viable topic and there's a lot to talk about there. And we've just kind of not really said much about this defense, about this Mississippi State defense that was uh, fifth in scoring defense a season ago, led the, the SEC in turnovers per game. Obviously, Emmanuel Forbes had a big part of that. But we haven't talked a lot about this defense they return a ton of experience. Let's give a shout out to my favorite uh Dwayne and Brandon. Maybe they will ship me a pie. Dwayne, don't don't enable me, please. Don't don't I don't need that. Go get a coconut they got a coconut cream pie in Columbia, Mississippi. You need to try. I'll be on my way back from Columbia Friday evening. Oh, is Col- no Columbia is south of Hattiesburg, so I, I don't know if I can make that work. I don't know if I can make that work. But I if I'm ever in Columbia, you let me know where I need to go. Um this defense, when you when you, I, I I was listening to Josh Pate, late kick with Josh Pate. If you guys are, are not familiar with him, you should be one of the uh, the maybe the top uh, college football podcaster out there, even better than me. And somebody asked him about Mississippi State, and he went through State's depth chart, and I knew State was an experienced football team, but I had no idea it was this much. This is State's de- depth chart. We'll start on defense. Just not going to give you the names, just just the years. Senior, 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 sophomore. Senior, 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 junior, senior. It's more on offense. Offense is senior, junior, senior, 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 senior. Ten out of 11 are uh, starters on offense or seniors. And what, nine out of 11 on uh, on defense, that's a lot of experience. And and the point I, I, that that we were talking about is, Jaden Crumedy is a is a grad transfer. I mean, he's like twenty four. He he's not a kid. He's a man. That's a full grown man. Pickering has been here for for four solid years. 
Demonte Russell is a fifth-year guy. Nate Watson and Jet Johnson are both, I think, fifth- or sixth-year guys. I mean, these are grown men. That, that counts for something. State's defense is full of guys who have played a ton of SEC football. If you ask me who's the starting defense is right now, Russell, Picker, and Cromedy have played a ton. Watson and Johnson are obviously the two leading returning tackles in the conference. John Lewis is probably going to start at the uh, at the the, the well, I, I think they call him the uh, the Sam, and he has not played a lot, so he's probably the least experienced guy. Cameron Richardson started every game for Mississippi State a season ago. Uh, if Asias Furge wins that that one cornerback job, he he started three or four games uh, a few years back and has played a ton. Marcus Banks played a lot for Mississippi State last year. Sean Preston has played a lot for Mississippi State. And Jacoby Albert played a lot for Kentucky last year. I mean, there's a lot of SEC experience on this defense. A lot. Now, what there's not, you know, obviously, is at... There's not There's not a lot of... I mean, there's not a guy on here that's, that stands out to me as a potential first-round pick. Cromedy, probably your best choice. I did vote Cromedy first team all SEC. I may have been the only person in the, in that room that did so. He didn't even make third team. But I saw the difference he made on that defense a season ago. I think Pickering and DeMonte Russell are guys that state fans have been kind of waiting on. Now, it's, it, it, at this point, it's, 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 you know, get on the bus or not. But those guys, I, you know, same with Jordan Davis to an extent, who's another senior, another grad, graduate guy. Couple of the backups at linebacker. J.P. Purvis, Deshaun Page, seniors. DeCarlos Nicholson as a backup corner, senior. A couple of your backup safeties are redshirt juniors, so we're talking about four-year players from Mississippi State. I mean, so much experience. Is it, so I feel like this, this. I feel like this group has a high floor because they have so much experience. I feel like the ceiling gets bigger if the young guys show up, and by that I mean Calvin Dinkins. Trevion Williams, uh, Deontay Anderson. I'll give you a couple other names. Kamari Rogers, the redshirt freshman, the transfer from Miami. If he can, if he can show up for Mississippi State, I think he has a chance to be a big time player uh, for the Bulldogs. A couple of other guys in this class, a guy like Luke Evans, who's uh, committed to Cincinnati and then flipped to Mississippi State. Everything I've ever heard about Luke Evans is the kid can play, could play early for Mississippi State. So I feel like State has some big-time talent in the in the younger guys. They can raise the ceiling if they play to that level. But I feel like State has has some has a high floor defensively. They were seventh overall last year in total defense, fifth in scoring defense. I, I don't see a, a reason for them to be worse than that this year. And I feel like if they match that, again, people. Everybody loved Mike Leach, and everybody you know talked about what he did. But offensively, that team struggled at times last year. You know, the defense carried them to, to some wins. Certainly did in the Egg Bowl. Uh, and you look back at the Texas A&M game; State had two defensive scores. What two defensive scores in that game? Had the block field goal and uh, a, a touchdown from uh, Emmanuel Forbes in a game where they scored what forty-one points. So fourteen of those points come from the defense. Um, I just I just feel like offensively this year being more balanced and putting a little bit more into the running game. State was at its best last year when it ran, 
And if they're going to commit to that this year, then I feel like offensively they can take a step forward. It doesn't even have to be a huge step forward. It just needs to be a little bit of one, a little bit more consistency. And then you go, I mean, a state, a better offensive team last year wins nine games because they beat Kentucky. I want to say nine games. I mean, it should mean in the regular season. They should have beaten Kentucky, but offensively they were so bad in that game. They couldn't do anything against Alabama. And before you say, well, it's Alabama, yeah, but Alabama last year gave up 32 to LSU and 52 to Tennessee. And I know those are really good offensive teams, but all that says to me is that state could have gotten 17 or 21 and didn't. You know, I can forgive them the Georgia game, obviously. And even LSU. I mean, they just they just got away from some things that were working. I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think this team will be more consistent offensively. But defensively, they should be really good. They should be a really good football team, top to bottom. You know, they've got so much experience. They've got so many guys who have played so many snaps. What could they they want there's nothing they haven't seen. There's no there's no Offensive formation, they don't recognize. There's no package that they can't diagnose. And it's just going to be a question of, you know, do they do they understand their assignments and can they execute them? I'm sounding very coachy here. Sorry about that. I don't normally like to delve into the world of coach speak. But, yeah, that's that's the situation for Mississippi State this year. So, maybe we haven't talked enough about it, though. Maybe we, you know, we, I feel like we, we've kind of seen, and that's sort of weird with Arnett being a defensive head coach and Brock, you know, being, providing some continuity and, you know, the defensive staff kind of still intact. You know, Dewhurst is a guy who, uh, was, was a grad assistant last year, an analyst. So, I mean, him coming in is not a huge deal. And you know, the one guy who's new is David Turner, one of the most veteran coaches in the conference who's coached here before. So a lot of, uh, a lot, oh, I wasn't expecting the Van Halen. I love it. Love that. All right, so Turner feels like it's just like hand in glove. So we'll see what happens with this defense when we get to, uh, you know, to week two. Because you're not going to find out much against Southeast Louisiana. You shouldn't, anyway. Gosh, if you do find out something, that's it's not going to be good. All right. When we come back, big recruiting event tomorrow. And it's named after one of my favorite wrestling events of the year. I won't talk wrestling, but I will talk recruiting when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Podcasts. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Here on Thunder and Lightning, here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed this show, you know where to find it. It's on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. Available moments after this show ends uh, every Wednesday, and it's ad free too. So, you know, less commercialism. Only you know, it's, it's a great thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and of course, the Thunder and Lightning podcast is there five days a week, plus any of the extra content we have there. Uh, tomorrow, there'll be an interview with AL.com's Nick Alvarez. It's Alabama week on the uh, 
on the opponent preview series. So we talk about the Crimson Tide and a year of transition for them. And if you can't, you know, you can find those podcasts anywhere you get podcasts, or you can just go to supertalk.fm, which is a website I've said it many times. You should have it bookmarked. If you live in the state of Mississippi, or if you live outside the state and you're just trying to keep up with what's going on here in the Magnolia State, supertalk.fm, news, politics, sports, uh, opinion, a lot of great stuff, and it's free. Just got just to come to the website. Give us a click. We'll give you everything you want. This time of year, you know, with all the politics going on, Richard will be at the Neshoba County Fair. Richard will be at the Neshoba County Fair tomorrow talking with politicians. Glad it's him and not me. <laughs> Can you imagine? First off, me up at 6 a.m. is a terrible idea to begin with. That's, we're starting from a place of weakness if we go there. And then we're going to get politicians on and be like, So, what have you done? What have you done for us? Have anything? No? Shut up. That would be terrible. So I'm glad I'm not going. Richard can handle that. And then Richard and I will be live uh, tomorrow uh, at Trustmark Park in Jack or in Pearl uh, for the KLM uh, unveiling event as they will unveil the new tr- uh, equipment trucks for Mississippi State, USM, uh, Jackson State, and Ole Miss. And those uh, we will get to speak to three of the four athletic directors uh, tomorrow. Jeremy McLean had a, a prior engagement. Uh, and he will not be able to make it, which is I hate because I like talking to Jeremy McLean. He's a really sharp guy and a really good athletic director uh, for Southern Miss. But we are going to get to talk to uh, E.K. Franks, who is the Executive Associate AD for Student Athlete Services at USM. And then we'll talk to Ashley Robinson from uh, from Jackson State, Keith Carter from Ole Miss, and then uh, last but certainly not least, Zach Selman will join us late in the 5 o'clock hour uh, uh, live there from Pearl. And then on Friday, it's traveling week uh, for us here on on Sports Talk Mississippi. They're they're making us work, and I'll be totally honest with you, I don't like it. I don't like to work, as you might have known about me at this point. But we will be live in Hattiesburg on Friday from the Dixie Youth uh, Baseball D1 and D2 World Series. Tons of teams coming from states as far away as Virginia and North Carolina to represent their state in the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. That Sports Talks Mississippi will be at the Larry Doliak Baseball Complex in Hattiesburg on Friday. Should be great. So we were in Nashville four days last week. This week we're in Pearl. Uh, We're in Hattiesburg. And then we've got remotes coming up all around the state. Uh, as far as I know, we, 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 you know, the month of August, I think Sports Talk Mississippi has four or five different places we're going to be. Uh, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to coming out and, and seeing our great state, which I just wrapped up on the Catfish Tour as well. We'll talk a little bit more about Catfish and that great tour. I want to thank some people uh, when we get into the, the final uh, few minutes of the show. But th- tomorrow, tomorrow, Starkville, Mississippi, it's SummerSlam. It's the annual SummerSlam cookout. Rhino, if I invited you to a cookout and said, hey, will you come to the SummerSlam cookout, would you come or would you just assume that I'm going to b- try to body slam you while you're there? And you're like, I don't need that. No, I would expect there might be wrestling-themed paraphernalia, but uh, yes. the, the cookout okay. part would be enough to get me there. All right. I don't I don't know that there's going to be anything wrestling-themed other than the name of this, but this is state's sort of annual end-of-the-summer uh, event for recruits. They expect a big group. Most, most if not all, of their current commitments will be there. Uh, and then a large number of uncommitted players from this class and from others uh, as well. 
Does that mean Mississippi State's about to get a, a, a bunch of commitments? I don't know. State currently has 16 commitments, right? So we know that in all likelihood they probably only have between 8 and 10 more to get. Um, and so a lot of guys are going to wait until the end of the recruiting cycle. They're going to wait until the end of or the middle of December to make that decision. But is it possible State, you know, this weekend gets a couple more guys in the boat? Sure. Sure, and that would be about right for Mississippi State to be at 18, you know, 17, 18 commitments going into the season. That's, that is about as Mississippi State recruiting as you get. It feels like you're on schedule if that's the case. You know, and this class is doing very well. Um, five four star commitments. They lost one. They lost one because, uh, I, I don't know what service it was, but knocked Josh Flowers down. Which knocked down his, I think it was 24-7 itself that, that knocked him down to a three-star, which knocked his composite down to a three-star. So, guy got reevaluated despite not doing anything. Imagine that. You're just sitting on the couch, just like, oh, oh, oh darn, all of a sudden I'm a worse football player. How does that work? I don't get it. Like, I understand guys being reevaluated, and you think, okay, that guy's better than I thought. How do you get reevaluated and it's he's worse than I thought when he didn't do anything? I think he's been to like one camp this year, and that was at Mississippi State, and everybody said he looked pretty good there. <laughs> I don't like the way he's you know he's going to the he's going to the refrigerator and and getting a uh, Kool Aid jammer. Yeah, you know, that's just not that's not how a leader does it. Sunny delight or get out. I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's a big event uh, tomorrow. Going to be difficult for us to cover it on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Is it'll be in the evening. I, I, we may see. Uh, we may see the very rare out of you know, future. Brian is the guy who normally doesn't show up when there's not an event going on, a sporting event. I don't know if future Brian has ever made a recruiting appearance, but we'll we'll see if he you know if our Thunder and Lightning correspondent has to do so uh, tomorrow. But I've been very very pleased, very impressed. However you want to put it. With uh, this Mississippi State recruiting effort, we've talked a lot about it. They've they've come into the state. They seem to be getting the the guys that they're targeting. Um, you know, the top four guys in the state being defensive linemen and state not really having the inside track with any of them. That's disappointing. I won't lie to you. I mean, you would think that state's track record. I mean, Chris Jones is probably about to sign a contract worth of one hundred twenty five hundred thirty million dollars. Jeffrey Simmons signed a $100 million deal earlier this year. Fletcher Cox has gotten his $100 million deal. You would think that that would just be the selling point, especially with David Turner sitting there on, on campus, but it hasn't been. You know, Jamonte Waller committed to Florida. Jeffrey Rush and Cameron Beavers committed to Ole Miss. Kamarian Franklin hasn't committed anywhere, but Mississippi State probably not going to be the, the, the destination for him. You know, I know State is really high on Tyler Carter. They're really high on Terrence Hibbler. Who I think is horribly underrated by uh, by twenty four seven. They have him as the nineteenth best prospect in the state. I think he is easily a top ten to five prospect in the state, and so does literally everybody else you talk to. So, kind of surprised to see him down that low. But this has been a good group so far. What does state need to get? They don't have a running back in this class. And when you look at next year's you know running back depth chart, I would expect that uh, Woody Marks is gone. Kevon Lee is a guy. I mean, he could go if he has a good year this year. He could go go into the NFL. You know, you got the, then you have a bunch of you know you have uh, the freshman Seth Davis. You have Simeon Price who would be a junior, 
and then Jeff Pittman, who would be a senior, assuming he doesn't redshirt this year, which I don't expect him to. You gotta get you gotta get a running back in this class, and you sort of you, right now you kind of whiffed on some of your top targets. Kanan Daniels is committed to Florida. That's going to be a tough flip. Uh, Daniel Hill from Meridian is a guy you'd like to have on board, but it doesn't look like he's headed your way. So State needs to find a running back in this class, unless they want to go into the transfer portal. Which the good good news about running backs is, and not nothing against running backs, but you know in the transfer portal they're kind of a dime a dozen. There's 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 always going to be quality running backs in the transfer portal. So if you have to go that way, you should be okay. They'd like to you know continue to recruit in the secondary, maybe get another corner, um, receiver. They they probably one more guy. You know they got Burnside, they have Harrell, they have Matt Mayfield, the receiver out of Louisiana, who committed very early. Maybe one more guy there. Offensive line. You know they've got what two, three guys committed, four guys committed. They probably like one more, one more. That you know if they could flip William Eccles from Ole Miss, they would certainly love to do that. But if not, they have some out of state guys they're looking in on. Quarterback, they're they're good, you know, and then DB. Yeah, they, they they recruited really hard at DB a, a year ago. Right now, they only have two guys in the class. They have, uh, I'm sorry, three. Xavier Gayton, who the Brookhaven athlete, he'll play DB at the next level. Tyler Woodard, the JUCO safety from East Mississippi. And uh, uh, P.J. Woodland from Oak Grove, who'll play corner. So maybe another corner, maybe another safety. You know, it's about me. Being selective and getting the, the right the right position fits at this point. You got you got to be careful. You, take, you don't want to just take you know seven wide receivers just to take them. That's a recipe for disaster. Don't think Arnett's going to do that. All right, we'll wrap things up when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the fun we had on the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour and how that might be uh, coming back around again. We'll see. Be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for spending your Wednesday evening with me, as we do uh, every week here on Super Talk. It's so weird being back. I feel like I've been out of the studio for this show for a while, even though I've done three shows this week from this studio. Being here for this show is feeling weird. Somehow. I don't know why. I, mean, I missed one week in Nashville where I did a show, but not here. I, I can't explain it. I'm a weird guy. Um... I want to give a, a quick thank you to uh, the good folks at Superior Catfish uh, for sponsoring the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour. What an absolute blast going all over the state and wrapping things up uh, at the Neshoba County Fair. Uh, I will tell you now that there is a lot of momentum for a uh, you know, part two, Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour 2, Electric Boogaloo. 
uh, coming to you next. I, I will. I, I want shirts to say that now that I think about it. Uh, so we'll have, hopefully that will that will happen. But the good folks at Superior Catfish, the Johnson brothers, Brent and Fred, and uh, Pamela Jones, really, really want to thank you for uh, that, and I want to thank Robbie Koblenz as well for putting that all together. The broadcast media group—they were the ones who put together those awesome videos that you guys have been watching on uh, YouTube. And of course, I want to thank Robbie Falk for for being there with me every step of the way. A lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed doing it. Got to meet some great people. Got to eat some great catfish, and that's what I'll call a win. Uh, every day in my book. Jason says that the Catfish Tour was great stuff. He knows some places around Alcorn and Tishomingo County. Y'all get up there. I'll tell you what I've been telling everybody else. We'd love to come to every catfish house in the state. You just got to be selling superior catfish. If you're doing that, we will be more than happy to come in and and, and, and highlight you and the good people that work at your restaurant. But if you're not selling superior, not going to see Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk there. So, um, As I mentioned earlier, chance to talk uh, tomorrow at the KLO, KLLM event with the uh, three of the four athletic, big big four athletic directors in the state. We'll miss out on Jeremy McLean. Hate that. Uh, but getting to talk to Zach Selman, I brought this up on Sports Talk Mississippi, and we're getting to the point now where just, I, 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 just, I, I got a curiosity. I want to know. What's the plan to, to memorialize Mike Leach in some way at Mississippi State? There has to be something, right? I, I don't think a statue is the right answer. Only coached here for three years. And I don't think, you know, the Mike Leach Pavilion or whatever. I, I'm not saying Mike Leach was my best friend or anything, but I, from what I know of Mike Leach, that would be the absolute last thing on the earth he would want. He would not want to have a pavilion named after him. I had an idea. And you guys feel free to let me know here on the text line in the closing moments, or you can always tweet at me at Brian Haydad. But to find, you know, you got the junction right outside. Why not find a tree? That is a kind of tree that's either native to the Caribbean. I'm not saying a palm tree, by the way. A palm tree would not probably be the best idea. But is there something that's native to the Caribbean or to the Florida Keys area that you could bring in?
Hey, Rhino. Hola. Technical difficulties. They happen. Ah, how much time I got left? A minute. I don't know what the last thing you heard was, but what, I, what I was saying is, you know, Leach is, Leach is such a... Trees, yeah. Leach is such a huge figure in college football, but only three years at Mississippi State. You got to do something, but I don't know what you do. So, we'll see. We'll see what they, what they bring. I'm going to ask Zach Selman about it. I don't expect to get all the details, but the idea that there's something in, in the works would make me happy. All right, guys, sorry about the drop-off there. I, I That was my fault. I will not blame Rhino for anything. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week and talk to you tomorrow in Pearl. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.